Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. This is Colorado Edition from KUNC. I'm Bo Baker. Thanks for listening. It's Friday, February 10th. Finding affordable housing in Colorado has become a major challenge. It's even more difficult finding housing that's accessible for people with physical disabilities. Residents at an apartment complex in Greeley are experiencing this firsthand. KUNC investigative reporter Robin Vincent says their struggle captures a larger crisis. Deb Walters has clocked nearly 3,000 miles in one of her wheelchairs cruising through Greeley. I can get out and get around and go everywhere that I want to go. Walters has cerebral palsy. She's lived here in her sunny ground floor unit at Hope Apartments for nearly 30 years. It's home. Time-worn family photos hang on the walls. A few images of Elvis do too. Walters wasn't crazy about that recent Elvis movie, though. Just yesterday, I started watching it again, but I got bored. Walters packs a lot of other things into her days besides watching movies. She uses her wheelchair to volunteer, to go to doctor's appointments, to shop for groceries. I know everyone at King Super, and they know me, and I'll even ask people that are in the store shopping if they'll get something down off the shelf for me and stick it in my bag and they do. Hope Apartments has 31 units for low-income people with disabilities. The nonprofit Adeo managing them recently left an upsetting notice on people's doors. It might convert the building into a facility solely for people with brain injuries. Nothing's final but residents are still on edge. When I heard that They wanted us to move out of here. It scares me because there's nowhere to move. (laughs) Executive Director Sarita Reddy says there's a growing need to provide housing for people with brain injuries. The nonprofit already has a similar facility with a waiting list of more than 65 people. We get new inquiries every week. And we don't have much turnover because once people come to us, they stay. If Adeo approves the change, residents like Walters would have to leave by July. That outcome is much harder to digest amid Colorado's deepening housing crisis, especially if you're disabled. People with disabilities face higher rates of housing insecurity than those without disabilities. Walter's brother, Don, who lives in Wyoming, has been diligently searching for a place that provides the same access his sister has now. He hasn't had any luck. They might have uh, lower countertops or they might have grab bars in the shower or something like that. But she requires a roll-in shower. And I haven't found any that have a roll-in shower. Making these kinds of modifications costs thousands of dollars, and residents typically have to foot the bill. The lack of housing options and the mounting uncertainty keeps tenant Doug Peters awake at night. I'm quadriplegic, so I'm paralyzed um, from the chest down. I have partial use of my hands. 
Peters was injured in an accident roughly 10 years ago. After rehabilitation at Craig Hospital, he found Hope Apartments. He says it's become much more than shelter for him. It's a community. A community of people with disabilities um, that have that in common and the opportunity to live independently. Advocates say that part's really unique, to live independently among others who understand what it's like to navigate life in a wheelchair. And it's one reason the late Hope Cassidy established Hope Apartments back in 1994. Decades ago, Cassidy launched a patient advocacy group after she saw the mistreatment her mother endured at a nursing home. She had bed sores to the bone. At that nursing home, Cassidy also met a 19-year-old who'd been injured in a high school football accident. Cassidy's daughter, Cara Machina. And he had said, I'm just waiting to die, you know, when you're that age in a nursing home on a sip and puff wheelchair. So my mom said, what do we need? What do we need to do? What Cassidy decided to do was meet a major need. She established a nonprofit and began building housing and therapy centers for disabled people in northern Colorado. That need persists. According to federal data, less than 1% of housing nationwide is accessible to people who use wheelchairs. A recent online search for such units in northern Colorado brought up just one option. It has a waiting list. People with disabilities tend to have a harder time finding housing because of incomes or source of income. That's Kelly McAuliffe with Disability Law Colorado. And then you added the difficulty of finding an accessible place with finding an affordable place. And those two just are making it near impossible for most folks. The Federal Fair Housing Act mandates things like the inclusion of accessible units. But that only applies to construction built after 1991. Housing discrimination is also a huge problem. Data from the Colorado Civil Rights Division shows physically and mentally disabled people filed 38% of housing discrimination complaints in 2021, the highest percentage of any protected group. This underscores the precarious situation residents at Hope Apartments face. Their dilemma has captured the interest of some state lawmakers. The disabled community having access to housing should not be based on the kindness or the work of a nonprofit or of strangers. That's Colorado State Representative David Ortiz. His election in 2021 was historic. The Army veteran is the first state legislator to use a wheelchair. But Colorado's ornate halls of power weren't made for him. Literally, staff at the Capitol had to remodel parts of the building to make it wheelchair accessible before he could do his job. They put a ramp so I can get to my desk, just that one corner and to the floor. And then the second year they put a lift so I could chair the committee of the whole and get to the dais. But I can't get to anywhere else in the chamber. Ortiz says that detail makes a big difference. If you want a leadership position, you need access to all parts of the chamber. You do have to constantly have teachable moments and try and help your peers understand what basic access truly looks like. Increasing access for disabled people is central to every bill Ortiz is sponsoring this session. One would benefit the folks at Hope Apartments. It would mandate that more of new construction is accessible for physically disabled people. Ortiz says it's a bill for everyone. My mother-in-law has MS, has been walking around with a walker, but she's about to make that final transition of being in a chair. 
this will happen to all of us to a lesser or greater degree. Back at Hope Apartments, Deb Walters and her neighbors remain nervous about what life will look like if they have to leave. She doesn't want to give up her independence, the ability to get around town safely. I don't know if in a, another apartment if I would be able to do that. The nonprofit, Adeo, didn't vote on the matter at their most recent board meeting. So for now, residents like Deb Walters remain in limbo. Robin Vincent, KUNC. The Aurora Police Department is the latest Colorado law enforcement agency to sign onto the 30 by 30 pledge. The national initiative aims to increase the number of women recruits to 30% of new officer classes by 2030. Women only make up 10 to 11% of Aurora PD staff, and the national average is 12%. KUNC's Nicole Robinson Carroll spoke with Aurora PD's Maria Cortez and Faith Goodrich to find out how the department will meet their 30-30 pledge. First, Sergeant Goodrich, can you give a brief background on this initiative and why Aurora PD decided to join? The Aurora Police Department thought it was important to join the 30 by 30 initiative because representation matters and diversity in all facets is, is important. The 30 by 30 is a national initiative that requires low and no cost steps to help attract women to the profession. So it's not about putting women above men or filling seats just with women and lowering standards. It's about just making sure that women know that they are welcome here to Aurora PD and that there is a place for them here. Officer Cortez, what makes recruiting and retaining women in law enforcement so difficult? Probably that it's very intimidating at first, but um, there's definitely a place here for women once you get through the initial, per se, hard part. The job is so demanding. Sometimes with families and stuff, it just doesn't work. But once you push through that and you find a good rhythm that works with your family, it's just very rewarding to be in this career. As you just mentioned, women in law enforcement face challenges when they have families. How can this initiative empower women officers to inspire their children, especially their daughters? It's very important that my daughter sees that I put this uniform on every day and she can do whatever she sets her mind to. What strategies are coming into play to remedy these recruitment and retention issues and boost the number of women in policing in Aurora? I think just promoting overall that there are women in law enforcement and everyone is welcome. What would you say to women who are considering joining the force but are hesitating? Why not you? I feel like we, as women, sometimes limit ourselves because we believe maybe we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not big enough. But honestly, if you have that calling, I think that's enough to at least try. It's such a cool initiative that where we get to show other women what's possible by mentoring them and, and bringing them forward. So thanks for giving us the opportunity to chat today. That was Officer Maria Cortez and Sergeant Faith Goodrich with Aurora Police talking with KUNC's Nicole Robinson Carroll. 
Nationwide, more than 250 agencies have joined the 30 by 30 initiative. The Aurora Police Department joined that number this week with a promise to recruit 30% women by 2030. Other Colorado police forces to join the ranks include Boulder, Denver, and Fort Morgan. That's all for Colorado Edition today. This is our last episode before the show takes a break. We're rethinking and retooling things over the next few months to create a better show for our KUNC listeners. And while we pause the program, I encourage you to check out our archived shows at KUNC.org and keep an eye out or maybe an ear out for our return in the spring. I want to thank Jocelyn Meza Miranda for all her work on the show. She's been a dedicated host and worked hard to keep the show coming every week. Our theme music is composed by Colorado musicians Brianna Harris and Johnny Burroughs. Other music in the show by Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Bo Baker. Thanks for listening. Thank you.